Blog Talk Radio. And I got the HD blues, and my life feels kind of rough. Tuning in to Help for HD Live. Help for HD Live is brought to you by Help for HD International and is made possible by an education grant from Teva Pharmaceuticals and the Griffin Foundation. Today we have Maurice Zauder, CEO and President of Vastinex Pharmaceuticals, and Dr. Andrew Fagan on with us. Um, Dr. Fagan has been an HD expert for many years, and I'm so excited to have him on the show and be the one to get to interview him this time around. Um, today we're going to talk about Vastinex and their trial investigating VX15 as a possible future therapy for Huntington's disease. So welcome both of you to the show. Thank you. I am going, we will jump right in, and I'm going to start with um, uh, Dr. Zauder. Are you, um, to explain to us a little bit about what is VX15 and what is new that's been going on with VX15 and any of the latest news? Uh, certainly. Thank you very much. So VX15 is uh, an antibody. It's a class of drugs that are highly specific for their selected targets. And in this case, the target is a molecule that we have reason to believe plays an important role in the uh, in maintaining the health of the nervous system, particularly of the brain, and play, plays a role in the progression of Huntington's disease. And what's uh, exciting at the moment is that we initiated a clinical trial about oh, two and a half years ago uh, to test VX15 antibody in Huntington's disease. It's called the SIGNAL study. And the trial had a design, what's called an adaptive design, where we had an initial group of patients, 36 patients, uh, including both early manifest and late prodromal uh, subjects. Uh, who were treated with VX15, and we had an opportunity to look at the preliminary effects of this treatment um, on the progression of the disease and some of the endpoints that are associated with that progression. And we were excited to find that there were encouraging uh, results, in fact, uh, sufficient for us to expand this next phase of the study, uh, cohort B, uh, to uh, 200 uh, subjects, including both early manifest and late prodromal subjects, and so we are currently actively uh, enrolling uh, patients and uh, late prodromal subjects into that study. Wow, that's that's fantastic. Can you it, can you tell us a little bit? I'm not sure if you can or not about some of the results of that first study. Right. So. It's important to keep in mind that the, this first arm of the study was relatively small. There, was, there were 36 subjects altogether, as I mentioned, including approximately equal numbers of early manifest and late prodromal subjects. And they were treated uh, f- 
for initially uh, for six months with either our drug or a placebo control. Then at the end of the six months, everyone continued treatment with the VX15 drug for approximately another five to six months. Uh, in April of 2017, we were able to analyze those results. And the results that were most uh, readily available because of their sensitivity uh, were imaging data. So th these are indirect measures of what's going on in the brain. For example, uh, magnetic resonance imaging is a way of detecting atrophy in the brain, loss of brain matter. And we were very encouraged to discover that the patients who were treated with the VX15 antibody appeared to preserve brain matter to avoid atrophy, at least uh, not to the extent that was seen in the control population. Moreover, our drug induced a very striking increase in metab metabolic activity in the energy metabolism in the brain, suggesting that we were preserving a lot of the healthy function in the brain. And so these were very encouraging indications uh, that we are now pursuing in the, this next arm of the study, which will concentrate much more on some of the clinical endpoints, the motor activity, uh, the co effects on cognition of the disease, and whether this treatment can ameliorate that. Yeah, this is fantastic news. Um, I think that this is, for our community, um, I think preserving any type of being from an HD family, any you know, I think this is, this would this be considered like a therapy or like a treatment? Um, well, we're looking at both uh, early manifest and late prodromal subjects. For the early manifest patients, mm -hmm. this would be a therapeutic uh, treatment, we hope, mm -hmm. or has the potential for being a therapeutic treatment to either mm -hmm. slow or, or delay, mm -hmm. uh, maybe possibly even uh, markedly, uh, the progression of the disease. In, a, in prodromal <laughs> subjects who have not yet... Uh, been diagnosed with the disease, of course, we hope that it will be preventive and, and slow the onset of the disease. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, Dr. Fagan, can you kind of tell us what does this mean for our community? Well, uh, the HD organizations and researchers and clinicians who take care of patients and families with Huntington's disease and patients and families themselves are interested in this uh, because the Vaccinex drug showed uh, at least preliminary evidence of an effect on imaging endpoints that have previously been associated with HD progression. Um, so although these results are um, preliminary, um, they're very encouraging, um, and, uh, but additional testing in a larger group of HD um, patients and subjects is required to validate these findings. So I think we have to view this with you know, a, a, a degree of caution, but also with optimism. And I think it's, uh, mm -hmm. uh, I think as both of you have mentioned, it's, something, it's a, a point of, of interest for all, uh, many people in the HD community as a result. Yeah, and and you know, um, Dr. Fagan, can you explain to us like phase because this is you know the phase the clinical trial phase is just real quick. Um, I know that this is this is off of VX15, but how you know what where is this in that? Because we know that we hear the word safety, tolerability, and efficacy um, as a community. So would this be more in like the safety tolerability phases, or what 
can you explain that? Well, I think that's a, it's actually kind of a complicated question when it comes to this particular trial. In general, that's right. There's, uh, you know, phase one and phase two trials are really safety tolerability types of trials. Phase three are really the mm-hmm. what are considered the pivot, pivotal efficacy trials that people, you know, mm-hmm. uh, sponsors go to the FDA for approval of the of the drugs. Um, but um, HD is a relatively rare disease and um, and has something called orphan uh, uh, disease status. That is, the same mm-hmm. you know the the requirements for doing phase three trials may may not be as strict for for some some conditions than for others. And um, the way this trial is designed is that um, you know it's still being evaluated and worked on, but um, it's at this point it's it's a little hard to categorize whether we're of course mm-hmm. looking at safety and tolerability, but we're also going to be looking at efficacy. So, I mean, sure, yeah, okay. so I would leave it that, yeah. Yeah, no, thanks for that. Okay, um, so Maurice, can you ex- um, could you explain to us? what actually an antibody is and how it would prevent. I've heard the word inflammation used a lot when we talk about signals. Can you kind of explain that to us a little bit? Right. So antibodies are large molecules. Uh, They're biologicals. Um, And as a result, they have a very uh, large, compared to, for example, small molecule drugs, they have a large interface through which they interact with their targets. And because of that large interface, that makes them highly specific. They will bind typically only to the target for which they were selected. And the advantage of this is they bind, they bind specifically, they bind tightly, and they're able to inactivate that target. And so what the target that we selected is a molecule called semaphorin 4D, which plays a very important role in maintaining the homeostasis, the health of the central nervous system, of the brain. Uh, And we chose it because we believe we have evidence that this target molecule stimulates the transition from normal function to an inflammatory state in the brain, and that's something that we want to minimize and avoid to uh, reduce the progression of the disease, we th- or let me put it this way, we, we, we thought that if we could minimize that, that that would reduce the, the progression of the disease, and that's really the point of the signal study. Yeah. So how does VX15 actually, so you kind of, so I know this is really hard because we're, we're not, a, I'm not a scientist, so I'm just trying to, does it actually bind, how does it actually So maybe the best way to describe this is to explain that, very broadly speaking, there are two kinds of cells that make up our brain. One Mm -hmm. is perhaps very familiar to many of our listeners. Uh, These are neurons. These are the wires of the brain. They carry electrical impulses. They communicate with each other. They store information, and and they... uh, they can uh, trigger responses to different stimuli. But they don't operate in isolation. They're a very complicated system, and they need to be supported by a large number of cells that provide them with nutrients, with a source of energy um, that help separate neurons that are functioning properly from damaged neurons uh, and that 
promote the proper connections between the neurons. These are called glial cells. And we had evidence that when you have an inflammatory condition that's triggered by damage in the brain, for example, the kind of damage that could be caused by Huntington aggregates, which is really what drives the Huntington's disease, that this triggers uh, semaphore D, and that semaphore D then triggers this inflammatory response. And because Huntington's is a chronic disease, that there's chronic expression of these Huntington aggregates, you have a chronic inflammation, which then results in in degeneration in the brain and and has many of the unfortunate sequelae that we see in Huntington's disease. And so we thought that we could intervene at that level, that if we could block this signal that triggers this inflammation, we could maintain a healthier brain with neurons that can operate more more, uh, effectively and efficiently. And so what's novel here is we're not directly targeting neurons or what goes on with them. We're actually targeting the cells that support the health of the neurons, preventing them from from transitioning from their normal positive function to an inflammatory state where they actually cause can cause damage. Uh, and so it's an approach to the disease that uh, we think has some novel potential and that we're eager to test in the signal study. Fantastic. So I, this is the question that seems to come up the most when we're talking about clinical trials with our community. And um, Dr. Fagan, I'm going to turn this over to you, is how, do our, how does our community in this trial take VX15? VX15, the antibody to VX15, uh, the VX15 antibody, that is, is administered by intravenous infusion in the arm. And uh, for now, at least, it's only available uh, through participation in the signal trial. Um, This mode of administration of the VX15 antibody has been found to be safe and well-tolerated. Um, uh, in the uh, cohort A of the first of the signal trial and in other clinical studies. Uh, But for now, uh, it's only obtainable through participation in the signal trial. Yeah, of course. Okay, so it's it's just through an arm, like it's like an injection in the arm, like if you were... Uh, IV infusion, yeah, it's intravenous infusion. Oh, infusion, okay. It's done over an hour, yeah. Oh, an hour, okay, that's fantastic, okay. Mm -hmm. Um, and, okay, so another question for you, Dr. Fagan. Can someone be treated with both a VX15 antibody and an ASL? Well, um, initial clinical trials of VX15 uh, antibody and other novel therapies for um, uh, Huntington's disease, but also for, for any condition, uh, such as ASO, for example, are designed to test the benefits of each drug individually. So, before testing drugs in combination, drugs have to be sh- shown to you know, be effective or not uh, in clinical trials independently. Uh, so the best way to advance our understanding of these treatments is to enroll in one of these studies so that the effects and potential benefit of each agent can be understood. However, um, it, it is true that the mechanism of action of VX15 antibody and, for example, ASO are different and could be complementary. So uh, a combination of both drugs may eventually prove to be effective. Uh, But 
to show such a thing, we would need to do uh, additional clinical trials um, looking at drug combinations in the future. For now, um, these types of therapies are being looked at individually in individual clinical trials. Sure, of course, yeah. So will enrolling in the signal prevent someone from enrolling in like an ASO trial in the future? In the future. So in general, it is possible to enroll in successive clinical trials <clears throat> once a drug has washed out of your system. Um, each uh, clinical trial has specific protocol requirements that define um, the required waiting period to be uh, that you need to go through since your prior participation in a clinical trial. Um, in the case of antibodies like VX15, the waiting period is often a few months. Uh, but this will be uh, will be defined in specific study protocols going forward. Um, so at least theoretically, it should be possible for people to participate in Signal and then subsequently participate in a, uh, an additional trial for Huntington's disease, such as an ASO trial. Yeah. And so will people at the end of the trial, will they be able to continue to receive VX15 antibody um, if they're in the study? Uh, well, the sponsor of the trial, Vaccinex, and uh, Dr. Zadera could comment on this as well, is very appreciative, and as we all are at the Huntington Study Group and um, uh, all the individual investigators, we're really appreciative of and coordinators of the patient volunteers and families who make it possible to do, the, do this trial. Um, at, the, at the end of the signal study, we hope to be able to initiate an open-label extension uh, that would be available to participa participants regardless of whether they received VX15 antibody or placebo. Uh, but at this point, we're, we're, um, we're not certain whether that's going to be available. Okay. Well, the big question after listening to all this uh, for our listeners who are excited and want to get in contact with you guys, let's talk about the you know, how many clinical sites are there, um, how do they get in contact with you guys, and all that stuff. How to enroll. Yeah, so, they, I'm, I'm sorry, say that again? I said, I said how, did, how, how do they enroll in the signal trial? Oh, how I does see. enrollment work? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I think as uh, Dr. Zadar mentioned at the beginning, um, we're entering a new phase, uh, a second phase of cohort B for the signal trial, and we're um, going to be recruiting an additional 120 patients for the trial, and we're eager to have people participate. Um, and we, uh, we anticipate having approximately 30 active clinical sites in the United States and Canada, um, and they're widely spread throughout the North America, so hopefully um, – they will be accessible to people who, who are interested in participating. If, you're, if you or a loved one are interested in participating, you can go to the Huntington Study Group website. There's information there about sites that are participating and how to get involved. Uh, and you could call an 800 number, which is 1-800-487-7671 for more information. Yeah, so that's fantastic. So as always, about clinical trials and stuff, you could always contact the Huntington Study Group. You can always go to their website. They're an amazing resource. Um, you know, they're they're always so informative and great to talk to. I've had to call them many times. So um, please get in contact with the Huntington Study Group uh, for any questions you have on clinical trials and, and 
on Signal. I think we can kind of wrap up the show. Thank you both so much for coming on and explaining to us a little bit more about the Signal trial. We are very excited. We've been watching this for a couple of years as a community, so it's really exciting to hear it's, it's moving forward and it's going into this kind of next phase, this cohort B, as I understand. So um, we're very excited uh, to hear that news. Um, Okay, so we will thank you both very much. Just to let our listeners know, next week we're having um, Cozy Care come on with us. This is an organization that goes to care homes that are caring for Huntington's patients, and they don't really have family that are coming to visit or, or helping them. So um, this, this, organization, this very cool nonprofit organization started by Huntington's family uh, goes to different care homes just to visit the HD patient and also to make sure that they are being properly cared for in the care home. The following week, we are going to have uh, Jenny Grimmon, who just wrote our newest article in the Huntington's Post, Survivor Guilt. So um, she will be coming on and talking about that. She is an RN, and she has experience living in an HD in a family impacted by HD. So that should be a very, very interesting show. And if you haven't read the article, you can always go on www.hope4hd.org and click on Huntington's Post, and that article will be available for you. The following week, we're going to have um, Casey Harrington to talk about his new GEM ecosystem, which is a new website that is going to launch that is going to be kind of a one-stop shop for our community to go and find different resources and education events and all these different things that we need as a community to support us without us going to a whole bunch of different websites. We'll be able just to go to this one, and it will direct us from there. So that's exciting. For live events this weekend, we have our JHD Casino Night Out, where all proceeds will go to JHD Research. Um, we also have coming up our Gainesville event. That is June 30th. So if you are in the Gainesville and Florida area and you want to join us, please register on the website or contact us um, for any information. As always, our contact information is on, website, on the website. So I think that is it for now. Um, everyone, tune in next week, same time, same place. And until then, everyone have a safe week.